For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car Pilot Paul Lee, and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. Hey, this is Antron Brown, driver of the Macro Tools Top Fuel Dragster, and yes, I'm a three-time world champ. But you know what? When I win, I go straight to WFO Radio, baby. I want to see you listening in. It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. Hey everybody, WFO Radio back on the air. Joe Costello back with you. And here we go. Our U.S. Nationals coverage getting ready to rock. And we're going to start off with Ricky Smith just seconds from now. Tricky Ricky gets the win out there at the Lucas Oil Nationals in Brainerd. All kinds of craziness, all kinds of controversy. But a win for Ricky closes up the points. Later on today, we're going to hear from Leah Pruitt. Four o'clock. So this is going to be a big day of WFO. And then tomorrow, Josh Hart. John Force. Then Friday, we're going to do a happy hour with Jason Logan and Courtney Enders. Monday, we're going to have Steve Torrance and Bob Tasca. So subscribe on YouTube. Right down there, click the comments, subscribe, thumbs up, click the bell, all that stuff. Never miss a show. You're going to have great stuff throughout the rest of the week, courtesy of WFO Radio. And remember our podcast as well. All right, before we get to Ricky, I got to bring up the people who make it possible for me to go WFO. You already heard about FTI performance transmissions and torque converters, and we really appreciate those guys for what they're doing for the sportsman racers out there, the dot 90 racers, the big money bracket racers, top dragster, top sportsman. If you have an automatic transmission, FTI can help you out. But also, also total seal piston rings, the leader in ring seal technology, totalseal.com. Got a brand new episode of Hidden Horsepower up there with Dr. Ken Hope from Chevron. Base oils, right? Like how important are, are they? What are they used for? You will learn so much. Totalseal.com. And whether you got a bracket engine, or a giant 900 cubic inch Pat Musi engine, Total Seal has rings for it. Go to totalseal.com. Phillips Connect. That's Justin Ashley and uh, Mr. Epler and Smart Trailer Technology. I see all these trailers that are out there in the pit area. And I think about like the sensors that Phillips Connect makes for them right? Whether it be load sensors or lamp detection or uh, breakaway detection or where they are on the road, phillips-connect.com. If you're in the transportation industry, smart trailer technology, and then Bernie's Speed Shop, the folks at Bernie's, uh, that's Ocala, Florida, Josh Hart's company, American Classic Horsepower. They do frame-off restorations, but they also do movie props. They do trucks and trailers. They do a lot of different stuff over there at Bernie's. And we're going to learn a little bit more about them tomorrow with Josh Hart. Going to be great, Bernie's Speed Shop. Later on in the show, I'll tell you about samtech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. I'll tell you a little bit about Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School and their Dragster Adventure, how you can learn to drive a dragster. And my buddy Marvin Rodak, RodaxCoffeeAndGrills.com, took on some water down there in Fort Worth, Texas, but he's still roasting that coffee fresh per your order. 817-924-6821, RodaxCoffeeAndGrills.com. And plus our great friends, our indie coverage is brought to you by the folks at Torque Calibration Services of Australia. You guys got an Australian company sponsoring WFO? Yeah, we're very big in Australia, as is drag racing, of course. And Matt Clark, he's got a great company down there, and he's got a lot of race teams that help him out. So he's shouting out to them. 
uh, all the way over here to bring the world of Australian drag racing and American drag racing closer together. And I think we're doing a great job. Got a lot of people checking in, signing on, but we're going to go right out there to check in with the winningest pro mod driver ever. He's got 11 championships and he won the Lucas Oil Nationals, Tricky Ricky Smith. What's up, Ricky? How are you? How are we doing, Joe? I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited. Uh, this is like half Lucas Oil winter show, half get ready for indie show. And this is the biggest drag race on the planet, right? You've got to be pretty excited about it. Absolutely. Big O. I've been fortunate enough to win it in uh, Pro Mod and was runner-up one year in Pro Stock. So it definitely is our big, it's our big Daytona of the year. It is Daytona. It is Indy. It's the World Series. It's the Super Bowl. Depending on who we're talking to, I choose a different analogy so they understand that this is the biggest one. We'll have at least 800, maybe 900 racers there. All kinds of bonus races. Top Fuel and Funny Car got their Pep Boys All-Star call-outs. Of course, the Dodge Hemi Challenge. and Just so much going on out there in addition to the Camping World Series and Pro Mod. Uh, when are you heading that way, Ricky? We're probably going to get out of here Tuesday evening. Uh, we just now had some stuff I need to do to the car, and I got a guy to come up here. We've been working on the front end, and uh, we got all that done this morning. Now Chad's out there fixing to pull the motor apart, so we'll get it serviced today and tomorrow and uh, probably clean the car up Friday all day and be ready to load up Monday and head out Tuesday. Excellent. Everybody's saying hi. Everybody's saying congratulations. Blake is out there. Uh, Monica's out there. Fast Eddie is out there. So you got a lot of people fired up with this win. And it's kind of an interesting story, right? Like, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of people. And, and let me just say this to everybody out there, okay? The social media algorithms are fighting against us at all times. We need you to share the show. Let's get the story of ProMod out there before the U.S. Nationals. Got Leah on later on today. We need everybody sharing the show, retweeting the show, and let's get to the bottom of this. You know, the, the old saying, do you want the good news or the bad news first? Do you know about that one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got, we got good things to talk about, and we got other things to talk about. You won the race. That's good. You closed up the points. That's good for you. Not so good for Chris Thorne. Good for the fans. The D-Wagon stuff, the negative stuff, you want to talk about one before the other? You just want to talk about them all together? How do you want to do this, Ricky? You roll it, and I'm going to ride it. You know. So, all right. No, uh, that's good. That's you know, good. Joe, the first thing I want to say is you got people that like me. You got people that don't like me. That's just part of the United, of our country, and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay? I, I appreciate the fans I have and, and the people that don't really respect me or whatever they don't want to do. That's fine with them, too. You know, they, they got their rights. I got my rights. Let's just all live in this country and have a good time. I love, well, I love that. And I agree with that. Right. And I wish more people would uh, do that. Nowadays, you got people getting angry and getting, some are getting violent out there about, uh, you know, like, Hey man, we live in the greatest country in the world, even at our worst when Absolutely. things are not going great in the depth of the pandemic, when everybody was sad, we were still living a pretty good life over here in the good, good old U S of a, and that wasn't by accident. That was because of the sacrifice of the people became who came before us. But, um, all right. So I'm going to mix it all together because I'm sure people are going to share this and, and we'll just kind of talk about the weekend as it was. I wonder, did you channel the energy that was caused by the negativity to go out and win the race. I hear athletes talk about that all the time. Boxing, where it's a physical sport. Basketball, Michael Jordan, 
Somebody gets under his skin, he goes out there and scores 40. It's hard to do with a race car, but it's hard to argue with the result, right? There was something that happened that got you a little hot, and then you went out and you took it to him and you won the race. Is that possible in racing? Absolutely, Joe. You know, I mean, I've, I've always, if you go back through my career, when people get me mad or, or, or getting a little burned down with somebody or this, that, it's always rose me up, you know, and, and here's the problem, the older you get and, and people understand this, some of these guys that, that I race with, hopefully they live, outlive me, you know, but the older you get, and as much as I've done this, I have to work so hard in that car to get my adrenaline flowing. And when I'm backing up, if I'm not breathing like crazy and about got myself ready to pass out because I'm trying to get myself pumped up, I have a hard time, you know, on the tree. And when you sit in this car and, and these are bad <laughs> cars now, don't get me wrong. They're, they, they should get your adrenaline going, but uh, I have a hard time doing that. But the whole thing is, is, is get my adrenaline going and then be able to, to uh, control it. And, and that's what I've been able to do through my career on a lot of times. And uh, man, if, if, I guess if drilling or whatever you want to call it, the, 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 the publicity that went on this weekend, I mean, it's unreal. Some of the guys that are just, they're hating me so bad, it's unreal. And, and one day I hope they don't because they're going to understand where I'm coming from. But uh, uh, if that was the case, then I would have probably blowed up. <laughs> I would I'm talking about just blowing my body would have exploded like a stick of dynamite, you know, because I had plenty of reason to, to get hyped up because of negative, I guess, against me. But I, you know, I didn't do that. I just kind of, I went up to race these guys. Uh, here's the thing, you know, and I'm guilty of anything of, I got a guy covered sometimes pretty good and I'll get a little slack on the tree and, and I'll give some races away like that. But I've won more races like that than I have going up our red light and trying to prove that I can leave with the guy, embarrass him. I'm going to leave on him. I'm going to outrun him. I see that happen so much through my career. And I'm thinking, how crazy is this? You're going to lose when that red light comes on. You're over. So yeah. it, you got to race smart. And that's what I've tried to do over my career is don't get involved in that type of stuff. Don't let people force me in. You're not going to force me into doing something that I don't want to do. You're, that's not going to happen. It never has. And, and that's the problem. I see guys get into that stuff and they go up there and they, they red light and got the guy covered a 10th. And yeah, I was a little slack with, with Doug, you know, in the finals. But man, when you got a guy, you know, outrun six, seven, eight hundreds. Maybe I should, you know, I, I was trying to probably be 70 or something like that on the tree, 60 or 70, and I knew I'd be fine. Okay, I was 90, all right? But that's just part of the way it is, and that's the way I race, and I've raced that way all my life, and I, I think it's smart racing. All right, yeah, first round, Kaladal Belushi. You got him, 76-5, 250. Second round, the run of the day for you competition-wise. Mike Castellan is 37. That's a good light. You're 18. And you want on a whole shot. You're 79. He's 78. Those guys, they're having no luck these days, but they're they're fast. It looks like they're getting a little faster. Sets up a battle against Stevie. Stevie got you on the line 43 to 85, but he didn't get down. And I think at some point you and I had a conversation where you said, and I have no idea when that was, right? It was a blur of a weekend, but you got to go down. 
you got to go down. Like, if you don't go down, you're not going to win. You got to go down. And you went down and you set up that final round against Doug, who really set up the whole D wagon shootout. He's 27, goes 599, pedaling the car. And you went from behind to ahead and you won the race. You said, I just wanted to win a race in what might be your final season. Scott wants to know, like, how can you retire when you drive so good? So what's up with that? Like, what's going on with that? Like, you, it's maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Is this or isn't this? What? How, how is it that you don't know at this point? Well, clearing up some of it, like you say, me and Belushi, we've been friends for a long time, and then we kind of got on the bad note there a couple of years. But, hey, that guy, we were parked beside each other. He come over and invited me and Chad to eat supper uh, Saturday night. We sat over there and eat, and then we got down. Me and Belushi sat there and talked. I mean, in the long run, me and Belushi are friends, you know, and everybody can try to make us enemies, but we're not. So, uh, you know, and Stevie, you know, I didn't mean to be that late with Stevie, you know, and I'm sure Stevie didn't mean to be old 40 either, you know. But I went back and looked after the run, and I'm looking at stuff, and the first thing that showed up on my screen was, Holy cow, we're on the two-step almost twice as long as we normally are. And, and I didn't realize that, but, but I guess that's the reason I might have been a little late. I might have been ready to go and didn't go. And and both of us, the light was a little long, and both of us was a little bit later than what we normally are, you know. But uh, with Doug, it was about right, you know. I mean, I, like I say, I was probably 200 later than I wanted to be, but I, I wasn't going to give it away, you know, knowing I should have outrun him that bad. And I even toned my car back when I run Doug, because I kept rattling the tire in second gear, every run. When I run Castellano, I, I didn't have a, I didn't think I was going to make it. It was just rattling the tire, nothing violent, but it made it. And then when I run Doug, I went out there and I moved the lockup out. I moved, I took some timing out right there in second gear. And the crazy thing went out there and run quicker. It went 79 with a one. So shows you how much you know sometimes, you know, but I just didn't want to give it away, you know. Yeah, and closed up the points because Chris went out. Chris won the D-Wagon shootout. He won the money. But given the year that he has had of kind of dominance, right, winning those uh, three races, and, and you're only 25 points back. Is it 25? That's pretty amazing. One huge jump at this race. You said you only wanted, you know, I, I wanted to win a race, but the championship is very much in the discussion given the circumstance now. Um Going into the biggest race, the U.S. Nationals, who won the championship, who won Indy, there's still a lot for you to do out there. But before we do that, is this your final year? Like, is it or is it not? Is it or we don't know? Like, it has to do with your health. Like, what do you, what will make that determination? This is how much it, it even my wife, you know, she, I finally got to see her last night and she cooked something. We sat down to eat and she looked at me. She said, Are you really going to retire? <laughs> and I just kind of chuckled. I mean, I looked at it and I said, Nancy, I'm not 100% yet. I, here's what happened. And and I need to retire because people don't realize, like I say, how much I have to work in that car to get ready to cut a light. You don't have a clue. And I'm already sweating. There's nobody, me and Chad, I'm having to do the tune-up. We're having to do a lot of stuff in these hot days and running like this. Joe, I'm not in the shape I ought to be in. I'll admit that. But when you having to work as hard as I am to get my adrenaline going, I don't want to have a heart attack out here in these cars. Stupidity. You know what I'm saying? So there's a guy, and I'm not going to mention the name, but there's a, there's a person that come and looked at my shop. We talked later at a race. He's agreed to buy the shop. He, he shook my hand on buying the shop. And I hope he does. You know, if he don't, he don't, you know, that's his, that's his ability, you know, but 
if he does what he says he's doing, I am done 150%. I am out. Because I, that's the time to go right now when I get rid of my shop and my big truck. The cars and motors I have, people are just waiting in line to buy them. So once that stuff's, once the shop's totally signed and I know it's gone, I will tell you 200% I'm retired right now. I'm thinking 90, 95%. I told my wife, I said, Nancy, I really think I want to go. Even if he don't buy it, I said, you know, I'm just, I'm asking for trouble. I'm afraid getting myself in bad health or getting in this car and having, a, you know, being able to leave here and not get to live for the rest of my life. So Joe, that's what I want people to understand. You know, I'm not trying to play games or do anything. I need to get out. What am I going to do for a living? I'm not ready to quit working. You know, I'm just not that person. My wife's been at the hospital 47 years looking after these kids with leukemia. She don't want to retire. We both work, and that's what I'm fighting. If I was lazy as hell and didn't want to work, it'd be so easy right now to walk away from this thing. It wouldn't even be funny. But I'm not that person. You know, I, I want to stay. I want to keep working. I want to keep keep around racing if I can. So that's the whole thing, and I want people to understand here about this retirement thing. Do I want to retire? Yes. Uh, can I retire yet? I don't know. I see so many people retire in two years, they're back working again. I don't yeah. want to be that person, you know? So I'm trying to make the right decision when I make it and, and uh, hope people understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. I get it. And you, and you, uh, you don't keep secrets, right? Like you tell what you think. And sometimes this is what happens when you love what you do. There are people who work in an office in a cubicle and they're desperate to retire to get the heck out of there. But when you love what you do, retiring means something totally different. You're not going to be around it, this thing that you love. But uh, at the same time, how old are you, Ricky? How old are you? 68, be 69 here at Christmas. 69 at Christmas. All right. I think about Forrest all the time and you sound very much like him, right? Like this is what I love. I love to do it, but it's hard. It's hard to do it, to get my body to do it. And it's hot out there and brutal. Um, I mean, all one right. thing different between me and Forrest, Forrest is, you know, and I'm not, you know, we know, know he's worked like crazy, drove his own trucks years ago and all this, but at least now Forrest is in a position, he don't have to drive his truck, he gets to fly in and out, he don't have to put his arm them down, you know, with just me and Chad, I do, I have to do so much right now, uh, Joe, at my age, you know, when I get to, I, Chad don't have CDLs, I drove all the way to the peak, I drove all the way up, I drove all the way home these last two days. You know, so right. and when we get there, Chad will tell you, I pick up half of every awning pole and put that up with him and do it down. I mean, it's just a lot of work for me at my age to be doing this. And when it's 90 degrees out there. So that's that's just a lot of stuff that I have to watch here, you know. Right. OK, so let's uh, let's dive in on this whole uh, D-Wagon thing, because I want to set it up. And everyone's talking about it. So is it bad for ProMod that everyone's talking about ProMod? I don't know. I think that's probably pretty good for ProMod. But it is kind of a weird thing. Um, this, the deal was agreed upon. Doug Winters, who does a great job bringing in sponsors, brought in these guys. Craig from D-Wagon. There was X amount of money on the line. And you guys had agreed to a points-created ladder, right? Like five races, qualifying points. A ladder was set based on who came. 12 cars were coming, something like that. And that was the deal. Then pretty much right before the race, maybe it was Wednesday, maybe it was Thursday, Craig from D-Wagon's like, hey, I got an idea. Let's try to make it special, more special, right? 
let's uh, how about I put up some extra money and we do something to gain some attention. You know, everybody says nowadays, thanks to street outlaws and grudge racing, that the latter is tired. It's boring when everybody knows who they got to race. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I'm okay with ladders, but let's mix it up a little bit. And so he's like, Hey, can we do a chip draw? And, and, uh, from what I understand, some guys were like, ah, you know, we've already got this deal. And he's like, well, we're going to put up an extra 10 grand and a D wagon, which they're supposedly worth like five or $7,000, et cetera, to sweeten the deal. This guy's the sponsor. He's the client. And so the other drivers were like, oh, we'd love to do it. Pick it up from there. Like how did, how did that news go around and where did things go sideways? Biggest thing is, Joe, just like I say, I, I do what I say I'm going to do. I've done it. You, you talk to Jonathan Gray. You talk to Russell Miller. I mean, you talk to any of these people that rent for me. I give them exactly what they say they want or, I, you know, they pay me for. And when I tell you I'm going to do something, that's what I'm going to do. And that's what we agreed on. The media knew this. The the fans I hear on, uh, knew this had been going on for two months and had been on the Internet the last two or three days, I think, showing the ladder, showing who's going to run who. Everybody's looking at this, okay? That's one thing. And here's the other thing first before I say anything. Craig, I guess that's his name at D-Wag. Absolutely, I appreciate this man putting their money in our class. 100, 200%. I appreciate the money he put in this deal. We just should have tried to do something else rather than changing our rules. We argue and bitch every, after every race or so about NHRA changing the rules on us for the next race. Well, our own group, and I told him, I said, guys, our own group, we're going to do what we've been bitching about. We're going to change the rules on this thing before we even start the race. I said, this ain't right. We need to do something else, you know? But here's even another factor that I want to bring up a reason that you have to watch doing something like this so it don't happen again or watch how this goes. It should have been at minimum a week early, probably two weeks early. And the reason I'm saying this is let's just say that Tyler Miller, Russell Miller, the dad, wanted to say, hey, that money's up there. Maybe we should try to help you and we'll go get it. Maybe one of us will win it. Let's right. look at the ladder. Let's see where we're at. As long as we don't run each other first round, and even more important, if we don't run each other, if we both can get to the finals, hey, I'm all in. I'm going to spend thirty grand, and I'm going to go run that race with you. Great. What if we'd have done that? What if that man would have given me thirty grand, going all the way up there, doing all this money, and got there, and five hours before we're going to run, they, oh, no, that ain't going to happen. We're going to pull a hat. So now we, have, we pull a number, and we have to run each other. That is wrong for me to do to him and for an organization to do to somebody. We're trying to get more racers involved, and you just set a present to other racers that might come. Well, hell, they might change the rules before we get there. Or you, know, dude, you can't do this. We have so much problem with rule changing anyway in this class. They just shouldn't have done this. They should have looked at what's going on in this class and not – set another presence that you might change what the format is in the race and a guy spending all this kind of money coming in think he might do something that's just that's what this whole deal is all about is not changing our format and what we're doing you, joe it just it just shouldn't have happened i i get i get it and i can i can tell you that the discussion and for everybody out there the discussion behind the scenes with you can imagine 
everybody was talking about this. Was it good or was it bad? Was it done in the right way? Or was it done in the wrong way? Who was responsible? Who, you know, what, what role did NHRA have? Like this was discussed. People who are smart talk about things and maybe, you know, the opinion you start out with is not the opinion you end up with. Right. But in the end, it came together fast. Yes. In a perfect world, everything we do, we would have more lead time, but it was kind of like on the fly. The guy's like, Hey, how about this? And so at some point you either go to your client, right? Cause I think D wagon's a client. He's putting up this X amount of money. He's a client in every form of business. When the client comes up with an idea, every other business that I know of goes over backwards to try to please the client. Yes. A sales guy, radio sales. Can you mention this? Can you change the script? Yes, yes, yes. Even if it's a real pain in the butt. Everybody does goes over the top to please the client. So this guy's the client. He's offering money last second. Certainly not optimal. Definitely not optimal. But here he is. He's doing it. 11 of 12 guys, they're like, we want to do it. We want to do it. The question that I've heard people say, and I'm just going to ask you straight, right? Like, why not just go along, you know, to help to please the client? Why not just yeah, it's not a good idea. Next time we shouldn't do this. We should do it uh, earlier, better, more lead time. This is not a good idea. Protest it, but go along and get that money. Take the money. Why why not why not just go along in this case for the good of the group, for the good of the class in a bonus race that had nothing to do with overall points. Okay, there's two things here, Joe. The million dollar races they have out here and all that stuff. Okay. A lot of times you get down to four cars, they they split the money. Yes. Why? The only way that they split the money. It's not 99%. It's not 99.5%. It's 100%. All four guys have to agree on it. Yes. We didn't all 12 guys agree on it. That's the first mistake, you know? And then the second mistake is, um, lost my train of thought here. Uh, Why not just go along with it for the good of the class? Was what the question. I was say is, have you ever... Big Bud Shootout. How many? How much money have they put in this deal over the years? Have you ever seen a Big Bud Shootout change their program right before the race? Ever? No. 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 Okay. End of story. Like to quit talking about that. That's the way it is. It's not right. My my deal, and that's it. Well, and and that and that is what I'm wondering. In that, had they come to you differently about it or said, Hey, there's this thing that's going on. We'd really like to do it. We know that you don't like changing the rules, but is, Yo, was it the procedure? Or what? Deal. I was going to the doctor with my dog. I had an appointment with him at 1040. They got together while I was all, while I was going out at the doctor's thing and decided all this stuff, done deal, everything. And I wasn't even at the track. So tell me, when you talk about respect and the racer wants respect, how can I respect them when they showed how bad they respected me? Are you kidding me? Right. That's not right, Joe. Why couldn't you wait 30 more minutes or 45 more minutes till I got back and talk in front of me? Why did you have to talk behind my back, basically? So, and, and, and I keep... in my position there, what went down? It's wrong. It's 200% wrong what they've done, you know. And you can't be man enough to wait till I get back and talk in front of me. Really? <laughs> so let me ask you then, could, if had, had it been handled differently and, and I don't think anybody out there who's listening right now, like, yeah, okay. They kind of ran with the ball. I understand why they did. This guy put up the money. 
They wanted to do something cool for the class. Everybody got excited to do something cool for the class. But had it been handled differently in that moment, could you have seen your reaction being being different? Like, all because I think people are trying to figure out if it's my way or the highway or if there was something else here. The only way that I would have went along with it, period, was it done minimum seven days before the race. And that would have give somebody that, like I say, Russell or whoever was going to rent from a guy and knowing that he wasn't going to spend $30,000 go up there and run. Even though that boy beat me at the finals, we run each other. Yep. They wasn't going to put up that kind of money knowing we had to run each other first round. It, they wouldn't have happened. So that's what I'm trying to stop again from happening. Don't let this happen again and screw somebody else up that made that choice to go the farthest we ever go. You made that choice to pull all the way up there and spend 30 grand or more. And you get up there and now you find out you got to run somebody different than you thought you'd going to run first round. I mean, yeah, you say, well, you got to run them all. Yeah, you do. But if you hadn't run somebody first round, you thought maybe you could beat. Okay. You run him. Then you run second round. You don't look way down the low. Then you decide to run second round over who you got to beat. Just like in the finals, I'd have bet money before I, when I got past Castellana, that, you know, I was going to run somebody, you know, like Stevie or whoever in the finals if I got that far. Not Doug. And I'm not bad-mouthing Doug. I'm just saying you can't do this. You, you know, you got to look at what's there and then run each round as it comes to you. So I'm just, I'm against it. I'll be against it again unless they give, let's say, a seven-day notice where a guy's got a chance to say, hey, I'm not going to go race or I am going to go race. That's all you got to do. And, and, you know, and to me, that's that's fair. Like, what do we learn from this? If you go out to the track and you shake the tires and then you go home and you don't know why, what good is it? Right? Like, so you're not against a specialty race. You're not against doing something different. You're not against that. What, where this thing went sideways is it was just two last second and it was not what was advertised in the future. Anybody that wants to do something different or cool or special or whatever, if you want participation of everyone, it's got to have enough lead time for everybody to understand. Absolutely. You know, and we'll, we'll bust our butts, whether it's our class or whose class, we'll all bust our butts to try to get somebody like that more publicity. You know, that's, <laughs> we're going to do everything we can. And this guy might be mad as hell at me yesterday, but he's got to be pretty happy right now. All the publicity I've got him. <laughs> yeah, well, D-Wagon has never been spoken about more, and uh, they were a cool deal, and they did a great job out in the zoo, and everybody uh, out in the zoo, I was checking out how many D-Wagons I saw, and those guys, Big Phil, everybody was super nice, they had a great time, Doug went to the final, right, that was going to be your first round opponent in the original laddered up shootout, that's kind of ironic. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it. you know, like I say, it don't matter. You know, you got to race somebody, you know, but you take them one round at a time. You know, if you think you can beat this guy pretty good, then that's what you want to run now. And I'll take what comes the next round. Somebody can break. Somebody can beat. Somebody can realize. I'll take you just when you start in this business looking at down the road, who you're going to run third round, fourth round. Man, are you fixing to mess up? Yeah. You better run who you got to run that round. And then, oh, you got to run next round. You get your car set up and you run a mat round. I mean, I tune my car different. I cut lights different. I do everything according to who I'm going to run. That's just, that's the way I've raced all my life. And 
you know, won 11 championships, three different organizations. And I mean, it looked like it's been a pretty smart move for me. Yeah, you've had a good career, but it's not over yet. All right. So let's pretend this maybe is the last year or maybe it's not the last year that's up in the air. And we understand why it's not something you can you can just make a call. But this U.S. Nationals. The Power Brokers, Dodge Power Brokers, U.S. Nationals. By the way, everybody, we're going live again at 4 o'clock with Leah. Leah's going to have some interesting things to talk about. We're going to get ready for Indy. Tomorrow, we got John Force. We got Josh Hart. We're doing happy hour on Friday, everybody. So click subscribe down there. Click the bell. Share the show. But, Ricky, you're in this championship fight all of a sudden. At the start of the year, Chris Thorne dominated. But one race, everything changed. And now you and you know one of these young kids out there are going to be battling um, Stevie, I think is a considerable way back. It's, uh, they're pretty far back. I think it's a two horse race right now, but I want your assessment of what's going on and what can you do? Uh, are you going to need to try to get in Chris's head? He's got a fast car, but you're going down the track more set up the, set up the, the race between you and he for the championship and also the U S nationals. Well, back with, when I won my three championships, we had one or two cars. It was, you know, really bad, you know, and, and Troy and them was me and him was most time fighting for the championship. And, and luckily that old, uh, turbo car was so inconsistent, not, not Petty's fault, not Troy's fault. That's just the nature of that car. You know, it's so inconsistent about leaving and this and that, that I could kind of plan on them making some mistakes and getting beaten and that opened the, the race for me to win or at least get to the finals and stuff like that. And that's what it done, you know, but this deal with, with Thorn, man, I mean, that deal, uh, them blowing the tires off about a freak of deal is if you went up there and had a tire go flat on the burnout. Okay. Uh, that, that probably ain't going to happen. You know, I mean, you can't say it won't cause it did. And that guy does a really good job on the tree he just stays right there all the time so uh, you know i beat him twice i mean he red lighted against me one time which was he cuts the light so close that could very easily happen i'm not good enough to red light unless you see that top light blinking up there i ain't red light i mean i'm just not that good so i don't have to worry about that part of it but uh throwing them man they they got an awesome car they got an awesome driver and they got minimum, it looks like. I mean, I'm not saying anything it ain't there. It's there every time. Uh, they done it this weekend in qualifying. They got a car that outrun me 300s at any time if they want to do it. So that's going to be a tough scenario for me to beat him because he's going to make rounds, and I got Stevie to contend with over there. Hopefully, we can qualify where Stevie's got to run them before I do. And maybe they put Stevie out or Stevie puts them out, and that don't get, let Stevie catch me, you know, huh? I'm just trying to, Joe, realistically, I'm just trying to finish second in the points. And if the championship gets comes around and that's good, I don't plan on that, not even a, a slight bit. Like I said, I, that was the last thing in my mind was this championship, and, and it still is in a way. My goal is to try to finish second at the end of the year. And, and, and you know, I've already had, even though I ain't won, won the championship this year, I've almost had the best season I've had. Because I've been in five final rounds in a row. Five final rounds in a row. I didn't do that when I won all three of my championships. So <laughs> it's it's crazy. I just can't believe it myself. And I know the rest of the guys I run against, they just shake their head up there. Hey, I got the rabbit's foot 
And I hope nobody can get it for at least three or four more races. Wow. And then, you know what? That's funny to think. Uh, any Anybody making five final rounds is a big deal in a row, uh, even better. Um, but here we go, right? Dodge Power Brokers U.S. Nationals is next. And then the stretch run for Fuel Tech Pro Mod. And you're going to be battling these guys. And you mentioned Stevie a few times and Khaled. And uh, watching this group, right? Like it's a group of people. You're part of it. They may be, maybe uh, not going to be part of it or maybe going to be part of it in another way as a crew chief, as a driver. I don't think people are just going to let you go away, Ricky. That's my point, right? I don't think people are just going to like let you go to a beach or go hunting or whatever you're going to do. I think you're going to be involved in drag racing one way or another in some form. And even if you sell your building and sell your rig and sell everything, someone's going to show up at your door asking you to do something in the sport of drag racing. So I want you to talk a little bit about you know, where the, the category is going with this group of racers that you're talking about. They're on their phones. They're creating memes. They're talking trash. They're, they're hyping the deal. They're out there trying to find sponsors and they want to make sure that this thing goes for another 10 years and that they've got a place to race. Like just when you look at them compared to where you came from, the style of racing where there was no media, right? It wasn't like it didn't exist back then. Right. Yeah. And, and Joe, the, what they got to realize here, and, and like I said, well, I'll race another year. I don't. I mean, that's that's immaterial right now as far as keeping this class going. Okay. These guys have got to realize that they can't all have the cake and the beer and the hot dog all at the same time. Okay. Everybody wants to have three or four hundreds advantage and, you know, and this and that. Well, Till you get this clash back and get it under control and get the and get the, the parity right in it, you're not gonna get more cars. We're gonna see more cars at the Indy. That's this Indy. Right. You're gonna probably see some more cars at, at Charlotte because you're in the middle of pro modified country, okay? But to get 20 cars, 22 cars showing up like they want, you've got to get this parity right. And I said that after Charlotte when they raised all this money. Money's not the deal. I don't care what nobody says, money's good and all this crap. But every one of us out there, and I am, and they—I've saw it posted from other rates. Some of—I am the lowest, probably budget guy on the pole out here with all these guys. All right, and ten thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars are not going to keep me out there. Or not keep me out there. Okay, so money is not the deal. We proved, and I talked to one of the big NHRA people about this at Charlotte. We proved in 2020, whether it's Top Fuel, Funny Car, Pro Stock. Pro mod, we proved in 2020 we'll run for a trophy. <laughs> we'll run for a trophy. We don't need to, but we got sponsors to go. We got that money coming. We got to look after that part of it. So we got to run. Okay. So the whole deal to get this class going is get the parity right. And you sit here, and yeah, we're close now, but when you got good racers like we got out there, close don't count it. All right. When a guy can qualify number one practically every race with that power out of it, Something ain't right. And Thorne can just, just like when I, I took a, a guy that hauled my car up there. He didn't know nothing about racing. He's riding on a golf cart with Chad. I go out there and run that 75. They get to the other end. Man, he's all happy. And he said, man, that's good and this and that. I said, just hold on. I said, as soon as Thorne runs or Stevie, they're going to knock that right off the board. And we're coming up through there, and sure enough, they do it. And I look over at him and pat him on the back. I said, what I tell you? And he looked at me, and he just shook his head. I said, well, He's outrun me 300s anytime he wants to, and he's done it again here. So I'm just saying your normal racers, whether it's uh, Jay Cox, uh, Chris Rainey, 
uh, Halsley, whoever, they're looking at this stuff. They're not spending all that money to go get ready to run quarter-mile racing till they till the officials prove that they're going to keep parity and they've let the Pro Charger outrun us since 2020. Two and a, This is going to be three years solid. That car has run up front on the pole, had everybody covered. Man, do you get that thing under control and put it back out where it can't qualify better than second or third? What's wrong with that? What is wrong with that? We got. I've been out here in this running nitrous cars for 20 years or whatever. The blow car guys have been out here 20 and 30 years. Why has this car got to run up front all the time? Do you prove to the regular regular racer that you're going to slow that car down where it can't just run up front all the time? They ain't coming. They ain't coming, Joe. That's what they got to do. That's well, what the, the, the racer itself has got to prove to NHRA. Look, you got to do something about this pirate right here. It's killing our class. Believe okay, it but is it, is it, okay, so you know Lonnie, you know Lonnie Grimm, who's like our new tech guy, has been very aggressive, right? He's he's made some changes. They pulled the pro charger back. Remember, they they ran low 60s, right? It it was crazy for a little while. So they've been pulling them back, pulling them back. The screw supercharger, Stevie goes, let me show you what it can do. And then they pulled it back, pulled it back, giving the, the roots guy a little something. So he's not afraid is my point. He's not afraid to make a move here or there. I wonder, uh, cause I've seen the car count go down too. And I want it, I want it to be successful. I've talked to a lot of people and they say, and maybe this is right, or maybe it's wrong. You tell me that it's just too hard to win. Like the guys that are there, you, Stevie, right? Uh, Chris, Justin, those guys like are better than all the rest of these guys out there in that world, and that those guys can't hang, and that's what the real answer is. Well, I don't I know believe, the answer. I don't what believe the, that. You're gonna tell me that Jim Hawley says he can't beat us. You're gonna tell me that Jay Cox says he can't beat us. You're gonna tell me Chris Rainey. There's four or five guys over there, badass drivers too. They'll be here if the rules are right and they thought they had a chance. They're not scared to run Ricky Smith or Stevie Jackson or thorn or anything they're not scared of them guys come on they're they're damn good racers over there. you go to pdrl you better have your junk together over there or you ain't winning nowhere you might get by first round but you ain't winning nowhere so and then they talk about well it's like car counts down right now you know and, and, you know and, and this and that well we got we're beating up on ourselves a car count. well pdl didn't have a 15 nitrous cars well they didn't have a 15 blower cars okay really we got blowers, nitrous, turbos. We got all the cars in our class. So they got 30 cars over our total. We got 15 or 12. Guys, come on. There's plenty of guys want to come and run. Just get the rules right. And you say that the, by getting the rules right, you mean like slow down the Pro Charger a little the more. Pro Charger right? looks like the biggest thing right now. That, that they got That they just let it happen. Now, the, the Stevie thing, the, 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 the screw charger, I don't know yet. You know, he, he showed he can run pretty good. You know, I don't uh, – he's a hunter to look like, maybe behind Thorn, maybe not. That's something that they can tweak on. You know, it ain't been out here long, or Stevie ain't showed how fast he can run. He is. He's trying to. He's just having some bad luck, okay? But the Pro Charger is absolutely what they got to slow down. 400s, let's say. It's got to be slowed down 400s before you're going to see somebody start spending money and coming over here thinking they can be competitive. There ain't no drivers scared of us. I, I, I that's plumb out the window. I, you ain't gonna tell me that them them guys over in PDL, them top four or five guys, are scared to run me or Stevie. That ain't happening. 
Got it. No. And that's why, that's why I asked you. All right. Final thought for the audience out there. Uh, you know, you guys all going to be together as a family at the power brokers, us nationals, you know, Matt and, and Angie and everybody back out there again, and maybe it'll be the last time you get to enjoy that experience. Who knows if everything works out. So what do you want to say to everybody out there? Got you on here. You won the race, timely stuff. Maybe some people don't necessarily agree with everything you said, but I bet they agree with some of what you said. And it's time to move forward now. I think this has been a good good way to to leave it off. Um, I'm just happy the guy from D-Wagon, Craig and Phil, they care enough about the category to invest that money to give us some sort of interesting thing to talk about. I thought that part of it was cool. Um, but before we part ways, what do you want to say to everybody out there? Well, absolutely. I, and I said it at the show now, D-Wagon, I appreciate them. Anybody that comes in our class, I appreciate them bringing money to this class. You know, and uh, I want to say here, first of all, I'm thinking, SoCal, Parkway Ford, Junior Michael, Mark Stockset, Steve Vick, Richard Bell, Tyler Wilson. Look, without them guys right there, I could lose one or two of them, even the, just associate sponsors, and I'd be in trouble, okay? It's taking everything that I can do for them guys to let me stay out here the last couple of years when I should have probably been gone six, seven years ago, you know, when I turned 60. But I thank all them guys there for, for sticking with me and letting me race. And as far as I know, They'll stay with me next year. I've talked to Parkway Ford. I know they'll stay again, you know, or something, but I just don't know yet, you know. And But what I want, just like I explained in the starter show about the people, you know, I, I wanted to, to, to understand why I'm thinking about retirement, not retirement if I don't, why I don't, this or that. It ain't a game, you know, and I'm playing. It's a business thing, and I'm trying to get I'm trying to get out. It just depends on how the, how the business deal goes, you know, with everything I'm trying to sell and do, you know. So, but Joe, I want get everybody get up and come on up out of the Indy. That is the race. That is the big go. Okay. NHRA puts on a heck of a show out here for us. They give us awesome facilities. <laughs> the, the safety safari is just tremendously good. So we are absolutely in the best organization to race in, not down in PDRL or anybody, but when it comes to, to, to people, management, safety, you know, they just have a bigger organization, a lot more money to work with. But we're in the top line of, of the of the deal of drag racing. So people come out, watch us, watch me and Matt. Hey, it, it ain't every day that you get to see a father, son and this caliber of racing being able to enjoy life together. So true. Now, Ricky, I'm excited, and I think that's a great reason we want everybody to go out and, and check out the uh, the U.S. Nationals, right? Like, and maybe this right now, Matthew is setting at four o'clock today. I got my doctor finally. He's been doing this for a week trying to get. He's got kidney stones. He's got one. Is he's been throwing up, vomiting for the last five days, out of control, and I finally got my doctor to work him in as an emergency. They're going to blast these kidney stones with oh, this man. laser deal, like I've had done. He's never had this done yet, but uh, he at four o'clock today, he's going to be blasting kidney stones. Well, that doesn't sound fun to me. And uh, you got to be careful. Hey, what do you think about him running the two bikes? That's a very tricky Ricky kind of thing. He's got everybody whipped up into a frenzy over in pro stock motorcycle as well. When you see that story take place, right? Suzuki V twin, they don't even know what he's going to run right before first round. And you see that, does that make you proud of your kid? Like, uh, Absolutely. he's what are you doing, Joe? It ain't that he's playing games or doing all this. He's just trying to make a living. And the way the Suzuki thing come about is Mike Salinas 
has hired Matthew to get the Suzuki program going for his daughter. And that's the reason his daughter is under Matthew's care, kind of, you know, and, and that's, that's the reason he's doing the Suzuki thing and trying to keep parity in the class, you know. I mean, he understands. I mean, he wants to stay with the Buell, just like I want to stay with a Ford. He wants to stay with the Buell to keep something different in the class, and it's up to NHRA to kind of keep this thing going, you know, and keep him competitive with that Buell, you know. So, But that's the biggest thing right now. He made a commitment to Salinas to get this thing going, and the only way you can do it is you've got to race on the same racetrack the same day. You can go test all you want to. You don't know where you're at till you race with your group. And that's what he's trying to do is race this thing with a group all the time to figure out where he's at. You, he's shown he's got stupid power. He he is making some power in that thing, you know. He just got to learn the clutch program with it and all that because I don't know for sure, but I, they're probably leaving 2,000, 2000, not 200. They're probably leaving 2,000 RPMs different between the Buell on the start line and the Suzuki on the start line. That's a bunch of RPM difference. So he's learning that process and uh, – that's that's the whole deal with the Suzuki and the, and the Buell with Matthew. I get it. No, I appreciate it, Ricky. You know, I can't help but think though, like uh, maybe Matt should drive the Pro Mod and you just tune it <laughs> and do a little father son Matt and Ricky Smith team thing at some point. Man, he'd love to, and he's badass in that thing. I mean, he run overseas with Frank Manzo. He'd never been in a race car. He run motorcycles, and Frank come to me over there four or five years ago. One know when they took the sheet cap, could Matthew drive the car? I said. Sure, I said, Frank, just give him two or three some runs to the 330. I think they might have made three runs to the 330. Next thing I know, they're out there full blast and run 362 or something. And before Matthew left, this is with a clutch now, not automatic. Before they left, where Matthew run 357, I think. That record held in the United States and over there for over right at two years before anybody run that fast again. And he was bad. And I mean, he was. 20s and 15s he would wear them out on the tree over there with a clutch so matthew could get in my car and be better than me as far as that goes i mean handling the car down the track and all i got a lot of experience there i don't think he could he would be that but as far as cutting lights hey he's younger uh matthew's good at that i think he's proved that on the bike all right so we've solved all the problems here on the show today good job <laughs> thank you very much hey thanks for spending some time giving us your side of the story you won your way on great win out there good luck the Dodge Power Brokers U.S. Nationals. Thank you, Joe, and thank all the people that's watching and people that will watch this show. Just be with me. Let me get out of my career. Don't don't be after me too hard. <laughs> Listen, I I and that's why I'm happy you came on the show, Ricky. Thank you. How, how can they after that? Talk to you soon. There we goes, Ricky Smith with us here on WFO Radio. I love that he knows that the show and the audience is time-shifted. The people that are watching and the people that will watch. And those of you that will watch down there in the comments section on YouTube especially, what do you think now that Ricky has laid out his side of it? Uh, we've had some very, very intense debates over the past couple of days about that, like flexibility versus, hey, this is a sport. You shouldn't change the rules at the last second. Like that's really what it came down to, I think, for a lot of people, uh, someone says, why not just run a pro charger? Yeah. Every time a new power adder comes in and starts to dominate, you just sell everything you've got and you just buy everything new and do it. That's not, uh, that's not a good way to run a sport. I don't think. And that is what runs people out of the sport because they just say, no, eh, nah, I really like this thing that I've been putting my whole life into. And I spent, you know, $300,000 on to get it to run this quick. 
and now it's uh, irrelevant, outdated, no longer good because something new. That's what the challenge of the rules makers is. And that's why Formula One has got a Concord agreement. And they can only do so much development. You just look at Formula One to see how that works. Oh, like we just spent a trillion dollars on this and now it's no good. Right. Now, that's a good way to drive people out of your sport. And that's why they don't. And that's why we have rules makers like Alani, who's very aggressive. Dude is very aggressive. If you don't know Lonnie, he does. He's very aggressive. Look at this guy. Please hit the like button. Yeah, I would like you to like and to share and retweet and get the word out, right? I know there are a lot of other opinions out there. And I watched I watched uh, Lyle Barnett on Power Hour with Monday Morning Racer and Slam and Sam. And the question was that he wanted to know the answer to, quote, was why not just go along? And that was my, and Lyle, that was that, that's my top question for Ricky. Why not just go along? And he gave an answer. And at that point, I think we just take it and we put it in a box and we wrap it up and put it on the shelf and go to the Dodge Power Brokers U.S. Nationals and race and watch what happens on the track and everybody get involved. And if you don't care about Fuel Tech Promod, now you should. And if you haven't been following uh, Ricky or all those guys, now you should. If you are going to live anywhere within five hours of the U.S. Nationals and not go to this thing, now you should. Now you should. All right. Put your comments in the comment section, guys, while I tell you about the people who make it possible for me to go WFO. Like, for instance, I'll give you an example. Later on today, today, four o'clock, Leah. Leah might have some news she might want to break for us. Leah might. Tomorrow, John Force. Yeah, he's good. He's a good racer. John Force. You probably have heard of him. Working on getting Josh Hart in the morning. And then Courtney Enders and Jason Logan for a little fun, 2 p.m. on Friday. We're just going to do whatever the heck we feel like it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. But the people who make it possible for me, just like Ricky's got his sponsors, I've got mine. Marvin Rodak. Coffee roasted fresh per your order. It's gourmet, hot sauce, spice rub, barbecue. The guy's been on television for his grill savvy. And he's better at coffee. 817-924-6821. He's a Fort Worth, Texas business. So they just went through a really tough time. Why don't you support him? Order a little coffee. Torque Calibration Services of Australia. Matt Clark, down there working on a lot of the teams. They are just to help the team set a record in Anglia, right? 208 miles an hour. Has to have this stock windshield angle. Pretty amazing. If you're in Australia and you're a racing team, you got to reach out to Matt Clark. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, the Dragster Adventure, frankhawley.com. Lee Shepard, Shirley Muldowney, Frank Hawley won the first ever race at Brainerd. Isn't that crazy? 1982. And Frank is out there. They're in Maple Grove right now, letting people drive their dragsters for fun, setting up a race, and hopefully getting more and more people interested in drag racing. You can do it. You can drive a dragster. Courses start at $399, which is, you know, like nothing compared to the investment that you would have to put in. FrankHawley.com. Tell him you heard about it on WFO. Same with Samtech.edu. Brian Massengill and the team down there. This is for the next generation of machinists, CNC programmers. Motorsport EFI tuners, learning under the shade tree, guys. You know, you can do it, but I think it's a lot better, especially when you got to get placed in a job or connected to a race team. Samtech.edu. Tell Brian you heard about it on WFO. Bernie Speed Shop, Ocala, Florida. Restorations and frame-offs and uh, custom bills. They do it all. They do movie props. Can't even tell you about what movies. Bernie's.com. Check them out. Like their social. That's where you can start. Phillips Connect, Justin Ashley, 
Got the best leaving top fuel dragster in the biz, hovering the front tires like eight inches above the ground. Nobody's doing that, except they're doing that. And they've got a great business going that Jim Epler has put together, whether it be remote pre-check, trailer temp, all kinds of temps, all kinds of safety, smart trailer technology, sensors at phillips-connect.com. Total seal piston rings, the leader in ring seal technology. I don't need to ask Ricky which rings he uses because I asked Pat. And Pat does Ricky's motors. Giant rings, I'm sure. Those 900 cubic inch engines. TotalSeal.com, whether you need one ring or you need a full set, you can order right from the web. TotalSeal.com. And then there's FTI Performance Transmissions and Torque Converters. Really appreciate Paul Lee jumping on board this year. FTI Performance. Saw Krista do her career best speed and DT. Indy is coming. FTIPerformance.com, and you'll see exactly how many cars out there in the winner's circle at Indy are FTI transmission and torque converter race cars. Plus, our Patreons. This is members only. This is uh, you supporting our work on Patreon with a couple of bucks at the end of each month or the beginning of each month. And we're going to send out, you know, you'll get some WFO swag. We got a new WFO shirt in the WFO store, by the way. All right, let's see what everybody's got to say. Yeah, the Jet Car Joe smoke and fire shirt. Chad's out there real high. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Chad, but sounds good. Retirement is tough. What if you knew tomorrow was your last day? I don't know. It's tough to compare myself to what other people do because this isn't work. It's work. It's a lot of hard work to put the shows together and send out the links and try to beat the YouTube algorithm. That's really the hardest part. The YouTube algorithm that holds us down because we've only got X amount of subscribers and we're always trying to grow the number and you can only have X percentage of your X subscribers at any one time. And they hold you down unless everybody likes and shares it. That's really how it works guys. It's brutal, but we're fighting against it. We're constantly fighting. Uh, I don't like those fights, but talking to people like Ricky, talking to people like Stevie, talking to people like Lyle, talking to people like Alan Reinhardt yesterday about something that we all love so much that we're so passionate about. That's not work. I just had to create a venue where people would watch, where people would listen, where people would understand that I mean no harm and I only mean uh, positive. India is coming, guys. India is coming. Be ready. I mean no harm. I only mean to help the sport as best as I can. And if I'm not doing a good enough job, to help the sport, then, you know, that's when I'll retire. Let's see what Bobby Bennett says. Unfortunately, they closed down the home of the Mighty Media in Spartanburg. No way. Mellow Mushroom is gone? Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. I think Mellow Mushroom was a little too uh, on the edge for Spartanburg, right? With the whole mushroom hippie angle, right? Mellow Mushroom, psychedelic pizza. I don't know. In Spartanburg, I don't think they're too into that. But me and Bobby were. We had a good time when I went out there to competition plus and Bobby put me behind the camera. One of the first people to do it in the NHRA, by the way, competition plus he's bringing 11 reporters and photographers to Indy cover the event. <laughs> Bobby Bennett. Love you, man. I watched the power hour. I watched those guys. They got to get Lyle's uh, side of it, the public side of it. Hey, Joe, I might not be able to make your show with Leah, but because I'll be participating with Brian loans, drag zoom meeting. Well, that's great. Brian loans, counter programming. Uh, the good news is, the good news is that the Leah show will be available on demand, Blake, and you can watch it after the fact, right? 
Joe is on repeat. I don't know what you're talking about, but because uh, I think that's happening on your end. But then again, it's the uh, it's the Internet, man. You just never know. McNeil Freeman, you demand, Joe. We'll see you out there, McNeil. This guy agrees with Ricky's answer. Look, there's two sides to every story. And then there's the truth. And then there's what actually happened. And I understand Ricky wishing that they had come to him first before they went with it. And that it was too soon. But then again, in all the businesses that I've worked in, the customer is always right. And clients come to radio guys and race guys, and they change stuff like a minute before airtime. But that's not a competition, so it doesn't exactly apply. I think you got to have flexibility to keep your clients happy. But in a competition, maybe you can only be so flexible. And they couldn't all get on the same page at this point, but hopefully it doesn't deter them from being creative in the future. Just know that if you're going to get creative at the NHRA national event level, you've got to do it within a certain reasonable window of time. Seven to 10 days. I, I don't know. I think we sorted it out here. I, are all the problems solved? No. But do we understand where everybody stands? Yeah. And we can take this information and we can go into the future and we can try to live in a way that makes everybody more likely to participate. And, you know, Ricky cost himself money. He cost himself money. He could have gone out there and maybe won that 25 grand. Who will push the rules if Ricky retired? I don't know. Is he pushing the rules or is he pausing? Them? Retirement from a job is one thing, but to retire from racing is next to impossible. He'll be involved. Joe AJ says, you need your Jet Car shirt stat. Guess we'll be making an order. Yeah, I believe it's in the store as we speak. All right, guys, I'm going to leave you with this. 4 p.m., click subscribe. Don't miss Leah at 4 o'clock Eastern time. We'll see you then. Share this one, guys. Share this one.